Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association podcast. My name is Frank Jackson. I'm the Legacy Church Coordinator for San Antonio Baptist Association. This is the first of three podcasts focused on using chronological Bible storytelling in preaching and developing a disciple-making culture. I'm joined with Roland Lopez, who is our associate uh, at the San Antonio Baptist Association responsible for church planting and, uh, and church health. And so I, I work for him, and we're excited that Roland's able to join us. Our guests for these podcasts are Brandon Carroll, who is the president of Indigenous Amazon Ministries, and Ralph Clements, preaching elder, Cornerstone Community Church, Montgomery, Texas. Gentlemen, thank you for leading our discussion. Uh, to begin with, I would like for you to share your experience in chronological Bible storytelling. And Brandon, I think you have the most experience of all of us. So if you would just go ahead and begin, tell us how you got engaged and involved with the chronological Bible storytelling and how you use it in your ministry. Yeah, uh, Thanks, Frank, for the opportunity. Um, Ralph is on our board, and we've done many things together in the Amazon jungle with tribal groups and storytelling. So um, I think it'll be exciting to hear from both of us. Um, you know, I got started in, in storytelling probably 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. Um, and I had gone into Dr. Daryl Horn's office when he was a uh, director of missions in San Felipe Baptist Association in Houston. And I had kind of laid a, a map um, of the Amazon jungle where we were working out on his floor and explained what we wanted to do to engage and, and disciple and plant churches among the tribal groups. But at the, at the time, hey, I was 20 years old and had no clue of what I was doing um, in my early 20s, and I needed direction. And so he said, you know, I'll disciple you and, and teach you. And so he introduced me actually to the storytelling method, uh, the chronological storytelling method. And, and we sat down and watched some videos, which are called ETAL, from New Tribes mission, Missionaries in Papua New Guinea. Um, so it kind of changed my perspective on how to do missions and minister and plant churches and disciple. Um, so I sat down with one of our missionaries, David, uh, and we began just to write out stories, um, that he could take into the river villages. Um, and in fact, at that, around that time is when I met Ralph and, uh, Ralph's church and, and his pastor decided to work among the Mahuna people. Um, in the Amazon jungle. And so we wrote out some of the first stories and uh, for David to do in other places. And then I think Ralph can speak more to it, but I think it was a couple of years as we really studied the culture of the Mahuna people so that we would know what they believed in their worldview and how the gospel would apply into their culture. Um, so I think it took us a couple of years to do that and then develop the story set specifically for them. But, you know, a couple of stories and what we've seen is um, what happens is I think a lot of times when we, when we tell people to start in scripture, we tell them start in the book of John, but they don't have any foundation to understand who God is or why we need a savior um, and so going through the Old Testament chronologically gives us a good foundation, right? So it's kind of 
it's kind of like we're building a house and to build a good house, you have to have a strong foundation. And then we're building brick by brick until the house is built and the roof gets put on and it points to Christ. Um, so what I think we've done, especially in animistic or oral cultures like our context in the Amazon, is we've tried to use that expositional preaching there, but it doesn't have a long lasting effect um, because that's not how they learn. And so when we worked with the Mahunas, you know, we studied their culture and then we built the story sets around them um, and around their beliefs on how to bridge their beliefs with God. I think one of the interesting things, Frank, one, one story is, and, and Ralph will probably remember this. Ralph, by the way, is my teto and my huna and I'm boyo. Um, but we, we were, we had already gone through, I think some old Testament stories. And I remember we looked up and we saw a plant on each, they, they all have thatched roofs. So uh, Ralph, you remember this and they had a plant on each stuck in the, in the thatched roofing leading out of their house. And so we asked them, what is that? Well, I can't remember the name of the plant, but they told us, well, that is to keep the ghost out from killing one of our family members at night. So we're just sitting there huddling, like, what are we going to teach them to do with this issue? So we retaught the Passover, and it applied into that situation. And the next time we come out, they don't have that plant anymore. So as we're teaching through the Bible story or chronological story, we're not only laying the strong foundation for them, but what we're also doing is we're beginning to change their worldview by right? how they see the world. And it's, and it's interesting for them as animistic cultures. But we've also seen um, in pastoral training um, with Kokama Project where, where they're using our stories to train pastors from six different tribal groups is that the first time that we took them through the chronological story set, we had pastors stand up and say, this is the first time anybody has ever taught me God's plan of salvation. And so we've, we've discipled or, or planted pastors in these villages who don't know how to effectively share God's plan of salvation in a way that their people are going to comprehend. Because it's not just about sharing the message of the gospel, it's about sharing it in a way that they can comprehend. Um, so beyond those things, our stories are currently um, being used at first in, at a church in Oklahoma, um, where they're doing it among their youth group. It's been used in Boyd, Texas. It's being used in another church in Texas. And so the stories just aren't effective for our context in the Amazon region, but they're extremely effective in the U.S. as well. And, and it points and it connects the dots for them. So my experience um, in the Amazon jungle is that it, it is the most effective way to not only plant the gospel and see that seed grow, but also to make disciples among their peoples. Ralph, before I let you jump in, I think one of the things I really am excited about that you said, Brandon, is that you take the truths of the gospel, but first you have to understand the cultural worldview of who you're sharing this biblical truth with. And then you don't compromise the biblical truth, but you shape it to communicate clearly. And, and I appreciate what you shared about how this is also being done in our culture, because uh, 
unfortunately, too many churches, this is me talking from my perspective, are using a paradigm that's 40 years old and that doesn't work anymore. And we've got to understand who we are dealing with and shape the message to them. So, Ralph, go ahead and share. Uh, <clears throat> sounds like you and Brandon have a great uh, relationship. Go ahead and share your experience and how you got into this and how you're using it now. All right. Yeah, it's great to be uh, with you guys, Frank. It's uh, it's an honor, really. I, I got introduced to uh, storytelling through Chronological Bible Story and through uh, Dr. Horn. I went through a 40-hour intensive at Southwestern with him back in 2009, actually, and uh, actually had to look that up just to make sure that I was right. It's been that long ago, but um, uh, I, I had an opportunity also uh, to to speak with him um, in a breakout session at one of the SENT conferences for the Southern Baptists, and then um, had opportunity to sit under uh, Dr. Slack at a uh, at a weekend retreat on training in, in chronological Bible story, and so <clears throat> I. It, it has been a blessing for me. I, just a quick story. I walked into Dr. Horn's class the first time and um, like you ingrained in expositional, 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 you don't do anything different. So I walked in and just was very honest with him and said, Hey, I'm a skeptic. You're going to have to prove this actually is, is, is worth me being here in this class, you know? And, and he did, it, it was, it was an amazing thing. But since, since I was introduced to it, um, you know, <clears throat> um, I, I, myself and along with others from the church I was in at that time developed this um, several story sets to be used with unreached peoples as, as Brandon has, has mentioned in Northern Peru and, and also for discipling. Uh, and so we actually have a 44 story evangelism uh, set that is actually being edited right now to be published in the next year. So I'm really excited about that. We finally are getting some, some groundwork underneath of that. And so, um, and so while missions in Peru has been um, my primary usage of story, and I've also used storytelling um, here in the States, in, in the churches that I've pastored in all different ages and at, and at various times. And so actually in the church that we just planted, uh, we recently made a chronological Bible story and the method for discipling all new believers and those who have never been discipled before when they come into the church, um, because it gives them that, that foundation uh, of, of the Bible. Instead of, like Brandon said, instead of pointing them straight to the New Testament, uh, when they're going to run across things that they don't understand, let's start in the beginning, give them that foundation that they need uh, for understanding the whole story of redemption and so, um, so that, that's a, that's a new thing. We just said our church is not that old. So we just recently set that in place. And so I'm really excited to see where that, where that takes us. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. And, and we're excited for you. Great. Thank you. Great testimony. Okay. So Ralph, let's continue on then from your perspective, what's the difference between storytelling and biblical storytelling? I mean, you know, if you're a parent, you know the stories. I mean, the stories you read to your children or you shared with the children. You know, you had the Mother Goose rhymes and you had the little Raggedy Ann and Andy at the zoo kind of things. And you had Dr. Seuss. So those are all good stories. But when we start talking about biblical stories, how do you perceive that difference between storytelling and biblical storytelling? 
Yeah. So the way I look at it, I guess, is storytelling is communicating like an event, um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Um, and it's done through verbal or, or picture form. And it could be, it, it could be as, as, as intricate as a, a, a people that are passing on their heritage in story form. We know that's, that's the way we originally got the Bible, right? So Genesis on, I mean, Moses understood it, but that's how people pass on history. So that is a story. It's just, it's conveying information uh, about events down through history. And so, but biblical storytelling is narrating God's story of redemptive history through verbal or picture form. And so it's communicating the deep truths of the Bible through stories. And so that's, that's kind of the difference I see. One is more of our stories. The other is God's story of redemption that is played out uh, through the world. Amen. Brandon, if you want to go ahead and jump in and maybe share your perspective as well. Yeah, um, I agree with Ralph. And just to add, I, I think the the biblical storytelling has an intentional purpose behind it, right? And like Ralph said, we're sowing the eternal truths of God into them for the purpose of them following God. I think everybody likes a good story, um, but one that impacts them with truth and eternal truth instead of temporal truth. Um, I think is the difference, right, in communicating those things. Um, so it's just being intentional and and giving a purpose to the story that we're telling. It's not like going to the library when I was a kid and in elementary school and you have a teacher just pull a book off the shelf and read it, right? We're, we're being intentional in the purpose that we're doing it for. Yeah. Amen. Thanks. We have Dr. Roland Lopez joining with us and and Dr. Lopez and I were sharing uh, some of this understanding, especially from a cultural perspective as a Hispanic. And so, uh, Dr. Lopez, if you'd just step in and kind of share your perspective of this, I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, uh, both of these men they have a great, uh, much uh, greater grips than I would have uh, in, um, in the experience that they have had. Uh, in the storytelling, chronological storytelling. However, as I'm um, uh, picking this up and uh, still learning, is uh, to be able to detox a little bit about how we might be able to do that in our Hispanic congregations, because discipleship making in our uh, Hispanic congregations, and of course all congregations, but I'm just... uh, um, uh, responding to your question, Frank, and that is with our Hispanic congregations, is uh, definitely the foundation. The foundational of um, uh, of the Word of God, of the story of redemption. If you have that right, then you've got God right. If you don't have that, then you've got bits and pieces that you're going to have to put together uh, through the years, and most of the time it'll take 30 to 40 years, and finally you say, oh my goodness, and that, is that the way it is? Well, yeah. But it took you 30 years. Chronological, I'm seeing that, man, you can pick it up and get it right the first time with the, uh, with the story of redemption. And uh, I think that uh, if that could be done and then using creativity, the pastors using creativity to use that in uh, those that desire to be effective in expository preaching. 
And uh, then you, you have expository preaching uh, by relating the story of redemption in a way that is simple, that is with clarity, and it's with truth, and that's the way it is in the Word of God. So I think uh, it, it does several things that not only is a double-barrel shotgun, but it's kind of like three barrels because you have, uh, you have evangelisms involved, uh, you have discipleship and discipleship-making, and maturity in the Word of God. So that's the way that I'm trying to figure out in my own mind how I'm going to peddle this in our Hispanic congregations. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it makes great sense, Rob. You're so funny. Okay, you guys, listen. I'm going to share with you a definition of chronological Bible storytelling. And what I'd like you to know, it's, it's a long sentence, I, I apologize, but I would like to hear your response and your insight to this method as it pertains to preaching and disciple making. So here we go. Chronological Bible storytelling is an oral and or visual telling of selected Old and New Testament stories. The selected stories are told in the historical order in which events happen with the purpose of communicating an understanding of God's self-revelation and redemption of man in Jesus Christ. I know that's a long definition, but uh, Brandon, from your perspective, what was this convey to you? I mean, because it's taking biblical storytelling one more step, and, and I think you alluded to it earlier as we're as you were working with the uh, indigenous peoples in the Amazon. Where did you have to begin, and where were you going? And uh, so, if you would, what's your response or in, response or insight into this method of chronological Bible storytelling? Yeah, I, I think it's a great definition. Um, one of the one of the things I think that makes it most effective is the first part where it talks about oral and visual, right? Um, and the first time we went to the Mahunas, we had stuck up big pictures of every story on the wall. And I, I think Ralph remembers they would be standing there for another hour or two after we told the stories, and they would just be two or three or four of them up there pointing at the stories and remembering what we had taught them visual uh, aspect on the wall um, and you think about it um, I would not just want to hear things orally but I want to see them visually and so I think it, it just uh, kills two birds with one stone and I think it's the, the more repetition that we can get versus oral or visual or songs um, I think it's going to help them remember that truth as Roland said um, the other thing about the historical order is we always say that uh, that the the Old Testament's revealed in the New, and so if I'm going to fully understand God's redemptive plan, that chronological aspect to it helps put the dots together and see how all of Scripture fits in as Jesus has center point. Um, and so that's what we want. Right? We the other good thing, and, and I think with the definition and with storytelling is we always talk about systematic theology. Well, what we find through storytelling and chronologically is that the systematic theology follows that line of redemption. 
And so throughout every story, we're able to, or, or the, the scripture will reveal that theology and it's building. And so it's just repeating itself over and over as it builds. Um, and so I think this is a, this is a great definition of it. Um, and we see God through his story as he reveals himself. Um, so those are just some things I wanted to, to add to the discussion. Yeah, and uh, Ralph, before I get to you, let me just follow on, Brandon. Dr. Lopez and I have talked about this, and we're going to talk about it more in the uh, third podcast. But we also see chronological Bible storytelling as an excellent tool in apologetics because you're hearing the story of God, you're understanding who he is, you're understanding the story of Jesus, you're understanding the experiences of the, the disciples, and all of a sudden you're beginning to see the theological apologetic perspective of who God is in engaging with the world culture. So we're, we're and so, um, Man, I appreciate what you just said. So, Ralph, what do you want to add, or if you want to add anything to what we just talked about? No, it was really good. You know, I think one of the things that's kind of interesting is that how do we know what Martin Luther believed? How do we know what, you know, John Calvin believed or Zwigli or Edwards or any of the guys? You know how? Because stories were passed on from one person to the next about what was happening in that time, and it was written down. So why would we, to, to Brandon's point, when you look at systematic theology, and it's it's already in the story. And so when we break it out, and, and, and here's the deal. Um, in 2007, it was estimated that two-thirds of the world's population were oral communicators. That's like, that was like, at that time, it was over 4 billion people that were oral communicators. And, and oral communicators are, are this. They either uh, can't don't or won't use literate forms of communication, right? And so you have that many people, and and that's included in the United States, you've got that many people. And so oral communication is is a necessary means of conveying biblical truth to people because that's the way they understand it. So we wouldn't want to... um, just throw those people out the side door, right? And just cast them to the side. Okay, oh, well, you you learned that way, but we don't want to do that. And so if we want people to fall in love with Jesus, truly understand God's redemptive plan, then we need to disciple them and, and teach them in a process where they can understand the truths of Scripture. And that's what I love about, you know, storytelling. It's, it, it's all there. It's the way God conveyed his message to us is the story. From Genesis to Revelation, there's a line that goes all the way through it. I do this every year with our people, uh, beginning of the year. I start in Gen- I tell them, hey, we're going to be here all day because I'm fixing to preach from Genesis to Revelation. And I preach redemptive history from Genesis to Revelation in, in one city of just telling the story of the fall, telling the story of Isaiah 7, you know, and just bringing that all together in one big... We did this uh, in Intuto, Brandon, if you'll remember, uh, with a group, and they, it was pastors. Now, pastors had never heard, never heard all the stories of redemption tied together in one continuous thing, um, setting. And so it was just an amazing thing. And we, 
storytelling is so important. When we really take into context our culture, everybody's learning orally now. I mean, how do we get our sports, ESPN? We're not reading the sports page on the back of the newspaper anymore. We're not doing that. And so we've got, we have to understand that as we talk about storytelling. Yeah. Brother Frank, one of the things that you mentioned is that um, in the area of apologetics, uh, one of the things that's um, very interesting to observe with some of these um, uh, apologists, and there's very few that, uh, and I've noticed in a few of them, not very many, but uh, they're, they're good at it because they know that story of redemption. I believe that in your mind by the cloth, I think that as you look at the cloth that, um, uh, that gives the chronological Bible story, you know exactly where you are in the conversation. When the conversation moves in a direction that it falls in the area of, say, Isaiah or the fall or over here, I mean, in, you picture the, the, that, that little cubicle cloth and you know exactly where you stand. And so that's the, the apologetic of it. And uh, I, I mean, you can't get lost with it. Uh, this other way, man, you can, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, chase a whole bunch of rabbits. This way, you don't use too much gymnastics in the apologetic uh, uh, discussion or uh, debate, but you know exactly where you are and where you land, and you're right, and, and you're you're biblical uh, in your um, in your sharing. So, good work, Frank. Well, good work. No, you guys, great word. Okay, we're gonna shift gears a little bit here, uh, and I'm gonna come back to it. But let me just mention this, mention this real quick. Um, as we look at education, there's a thing called the adult learning model. And what they're finding out is adults in this day, if you, the goal in getting somebody to learn something is to touch as many of the five senses as you can. So in the chronological Bible storytelling method, you're using hearing, you're using visualization, you're using the story and then I've seen some other pastors just take it and, and try and and uh, mm -hmm. and implement it, you know, use as many of those five senses. So this is what I'm listening and I'm hearing from you guys. Okay, this is the first of three podcasts. Now, in preparation for the next podcast, uh, I'm giving Brandon and and Ralph a scripture passage, uh, and then I'm going to like I'm going to ask you to do two things with this passage. I'm going to give you the passage. You're going to read it and look at it. Two things. One, what yeah. do you see as the central truth of the passage? And number two, as you shape the message of the story, what would you expect your listeners to consider and act on in light of that passage? So, Brandon, here's your passage. It's Exodus 15. That's the song of Moses uh, after they, they leave uh, Egypt. And Ralph, here's your passage. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. That's Jesus meeting the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, following his death, burial, resurrection. And this is his first encounter with these two guys uh, on that road. So as we come into the next podcast, I'm going to ask you to share what you drew from those and, and what you would kind of dial in and, and focus on as you read your congregation. So as we close, uh, 
we'll start with you, Ralph, uh, since you're a pastor. What's one takeaway from what we've looked at so far that you would like to share with pastors and church leaders to encourage them to consider chronological Bible storytelling? Yeah, I would, I would say this. Um, you know, a lot of times we think of storytelling and what do we think of? We think of kids, right? And, and storytelling is not just for kids. It's another tool, if you will, on the in the tool bag or on your tool belt that that helps you effectively communicate God's story with people. It, it, it gives your people a, a big picture of God's redemptive history that they can, they can, um, they can be a, a place of significant encouragement in their lives uh, on a day, you know, not getting bogged down in the, in the, in the trees, you will, if you will, of theological language that uh, goes over their head. My wife is quick uh, to tell me, Hey, uh, you, you, you did this, she's doing this to me, you know, or it gives me that look, I, I'm a, I'm a geek for language, you know, uh, and I have to be careful. I mean, I'm like looking at participles and, and different things like that and how they relate to each other. And, and, and I have to be careful. My wife gives me that look and I'm like, yeah, I just used a word that I probably shouldn't have used, you know, that people aren't understanding. And so what I would say is, is that um, we have to, to be careful uh, to present truths in a way in which people will understand. Or if we don't, I think we're missing the point of preaching and discipleship. If we're just going to do it one way and think that's the only way, then we're missing the point that it's about communicating God's word to them in an effective way so that people can hear it and respond. So that, that's what I would tell people that it, it, consider it, take, take advantage of it. It's another, another opportunity, another tool, if you will, uh, for sharing the hope that we have in Christ. Amen. Thank you. Hey, Brandon, go ahead and jump in. What's one takeaway you would want to share with pastors and church leaders uh, for them to consider chronological Bible storytelling? Uh, a couple of things. Number one is don't assume your people know God's redemptive plan completely. Um, you know, as we worked in the Amazon, we, we, we have pastors who've been pastors for 30 years, and I'm just not talking about village pastors, but pastors in the city um, who have studied theology and really didn't, under, didn't know God, didn't know his attributes, his character. Um, and so I want people to make a rational decision to follow him, not an emotional one. Um, and so am I laying out God's redemptive plan and God's character and who he is completely so that people can make a rational decision? Um, I think that's one. The other, the other thing is it really is effective and it's effective because this is how we learn today, as Ralph said. Um, so don't, don't take it for granted or think that, um, as, as Ralph said, it's child's play because we're, we're about making disciples and, the, the more tools I have in the toolbox, the better. Um, but then as well as think about the people that you're trying to reach. When I do pastor training, and this is the reason we use storytelling, even for pastors that can understand more systematic theology is when, when I teach a pastor, I'm not just thinking about how he learns, but I'm trying to, to get him to think about how his people learn. And so knowing the crowd that I'm preaching to and, and their culture and their context is, is utterly important for their comprehension um, and for their discipleship and following God. And so those are just a couple of things that, that, that I would recommend for a pastor. 
him. Amen. Thank you very much. Hey, as we draw this uh, first podcast to a close, thanks a lot, guys. This is a great start. You guys were very focused and and provided some great information. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.